Good day, sports fans. This is your host, C.B. Baker with Sports Inside and Out, Legends of Sports. I got a great one today. We've got the NBA update with Wally Jones. That's right, Wally Wonder. But before we get into that, let's give a shout out to our sponsors. The Armed Forces Network, while we were asleep, you were awake, making sure our way of life stays the same. Seabreeze. Seabreeze, the the, uh, leader in transitional housing and more. Flash G is in the house. And how could I not forget, if you're in Hampton Roads area and you need to get around town, Dan and Nissan Man for Nissan of Chesapeake is the guy you need to go see. He will hook you up and have you riding real nice and clean. Now, we're moving on to NBA. Welcome to the show, Wally Jones. Oh, good morning, CB. It's a pleasure to be with you again. One of the most important things I like to talk about before we get into the NBA is uh, our condolences go out to Greg Sager, uh, one of the all-time great uh, TNT broadcaster. And I like to say that I've had an opportunity to meet him when I worked for the Miami Heat for 20 years here in Florida. Uh, uh, really, our, our, he was such a beautiful man and talked about uh, like being so beautiful, so wonderful, and he fought so hard through his battle with cancer. Uh, our condolences are sports inside and out, and, of course, Coach Hatch and I talked with a little prayer for Coach Hatch is going through some uh, difficulties with his hip replacement, but uh, he just told me last night, uh, we send our prayers out we had a chance to meet such a wonderful man. Next in line, CB, I really want to talk just briefly about it, but it's very important to our listeners uh, SoundCloud, iHeart, Armpus Network. We want them to know the importance of the NBA CBA, uh, the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, it, it doesn't aspire to 2021, but either side can actually opt out December 15th. And already, CB, there are signs that this negotiation also will break favorably for labor. Under the leadership of Executive Director Michelle Roberts, who has a far better relationship with Commissioner Adam Silver than the feckless predecessor, Billy Hunter, who I knew very well, did with David Stern. The players are expected to improve on the Karen approximate 50-50 split CB of basketball-related income. Even a modest improvement will mean a... Yeah, a CB, listen to this. Even a modest improvement will mean a lot more due to the league's $24 billion television contract with ESPN and Turner that kicked in this season. So I wanted to have our list to understand the players are so happy they didn't have a lockout. (laughs) I'm happy too, because I've been enjoying this NBA season. It's really exciting. Yeah, you know, CB, while, I'm going to give you a little. Yeah, give, give me your comment on that. Yeah, uh, the, CB. The, the CBA is definitely. This is the thing I, I will say is I think the NFL definitely needs to catch up with um, the NBA. You know, because it's it's really good that they're sharing the money with the players. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if the players ain't playing, that you know, if you don't have that caliber of players, you're not going to make that much money. You don't have people watching the games either on TV or, or better yet, in the arena. That's that's so true. You know, I'm going to give you a little history. Um, 1964, I was drafted by Detroit, and I was traded to Baltimore. The average salary for the NBA players at that time was about $25,000. I'm going to be quite frank with you. Billy Cunningham and I, they just honored him at the Book of Rattan Polo Club. We were telling the people there, he was the first-round draft choice out of 
uh, North Carolina, he, he received 12,500. I guess during my, my middle years, yeah, you can, you know, people don't understand. Right. Everybody thought we're making a lot of money. And I told the people in the audience, we had to have summer jobs. Uh, we actually worked for Atlantic Ritual doing clinics around to supplement our income. But one of the important things that time, I guess when we really started getting into it, Will Chamberlain made a hundred thousand dollars in the seventies right. and to show that Bill Russell was better. They paid him a hundred and one dollar. They always indicate that he was better than Will Chamberlain. Well, we won't get into that, but I just want to say when you talk about the maximum salaries will rise as high as $36 million starting at 2017, 2018. And I think that's important for people to realize uh, these salaries for they having uh, approximately 15 players on the team. When we won the world championship in 1967, uh, which were being honored for the 50 year anniversary, being the NBA's greatest team. Uh, when you talk about, uh, four and five coaches, we had one coach and we only had 10 players. So you look at the status of sometimes when we had practices and somebody was injured, we weren't able to actually have a full practice session and we have to pick up other players on uh, waivers to even help us have a 10 man practice session. So things have changed CB for the better and I'm happy for them. I'm yeah. happy for these players that are making that kind of money. I really am. Yeah, yeah. Of course, me too. Okay. Uh, moving on and segueing into the, the actual standings of the um, NBA, I know you got some input here on the, what's going on in the Eastern Conference. Well, I, I think what's important, and people realize this from last year, you don't automatically get a bid by winning your division. The Eastern Conference is comprised of the Central Division, Atlantic Division, and Southeast. So you take the top eight. And I'm just going to mention Cleveland at uh, 18 and 6, Chicago 13 and 12, Detroit 14 and 13. That's the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Of course, Milwaukee and Indiana bringing up the bottom and Central. The Atlantic Division are Toronto 18 and 7, New York 14 and 11, Boston 13 12. And I hate to say that my old 76 is the 6 and 19. Southeast Conference, where Miami used to dominate, what's happening now, Charlotte. 14 and 12, Atlanta 12 and 13, Washington 10, 14. And unfortunately, Miami Heat, who I've worked for for 20, 21 years, they're 9 and 17. Now, yeah. uh, CB, I'm going to go to the Western Conference. And it's pretty interesting because I'm, I'm excited to watch the team in the Northwest, Utah. Uh, they're actually uh, in first place over Oklahoma City with 16 and 10. Oklahoma is 15 and 11, Portland 13, 14, Denver. And of course, Minnesota, those young players, unfortunately it's 17 and 18, Denver is nine and 16. Pacific, I saw Golden State last night. Oh, CB will talk a little bit about that because they're 22 and four. They haven't stopped the beat. Uh, have you seen them recently, uh, CB? Oh yes, I have. I have seen Golden State and, you know, with the addition of Kevin Durant, you know, people were saying, well, there's only one basketball. But when you play on a team like Golden State that prides itself on getting everybody involved, it just made the team that much better, which is amazing that the team could get any better. But they are better than they were last year. 
Yeah, last night, my son and I, we were looking at the game. They had 40-some assists. Now, this is amazing. That I, I heard Jerry West uh, going by the commentators there at the game saying, that's the way basketball should be played. I mean, 40-some assists. So everybody's involved all the way down to their to their roster because they have 10 deep, even 11 deep. Of course, the Clippers are bringing up second place in the Pacific with 19 and 7. Sacramento's roughing it out with Lakers, nine wins, 10 wins, Phoenix with eight wins. Now, here's where I look at the consistency of the San Antonio Spurs. They picked up over seven new players. Can you believe that? Seven players, and since Southwest is led by San Antonio, they're 20 and five. And you're talking about Golden State being 22 and four. They're a very consistent team. They actually had a streak of 12 wins on the road. Uh, and when, when you look at that, I'm looking at, again, uh, Houston and James Harden. My goodness, he's playing some of the most outstanding basketball, being the point guard. They're 19-7. and seven. Memphis, a great job by Fisdale, uh, formerly assistant coach with the Miami Heat. Know the man very well. They're playing great ball at 18-9. and nine. New Orleans 9-18. and 18. Dallas bringing up the bottom. Six and nineteen. So you look at the Eastern Conference. You're going to look at the top eight, and in the West Conference, the top eight. So I'm looking forward for an exciting season that is very close in those divisions. The Eastern Conference is right now playing much better ball, and as of a couple years, they've always been defeated by the Western Conference. But they're eating out play now. The parity of the Eastern Conference is better than it would have looked in the last couple years. CB. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, another thing I want to ask you about is Toronto. Toronto has been, you know, really kind of flying on the radar for the past couple of years, but have been improving every year. And then now we've got uh, DeMar Rezaan, the shooting guard. He's averaging 28 points a game. They're sitting right behind um, Cleveland at 18-7, but yet no one is really talking about the Toronto Raptors. So... Do you? What's your prediction? Can they keep it and hold it together and really give a really strong push against Cleveland? You know, after the All Star break, or you think the the team will fizzle out through the year? No, I don't. I think they're very consistent. Uh, Coach Casey's done a great job, and one of my good friends from uh, Philadelphia, and also a former Villanova grad, is playing some of the most outstanding bar, uh, Lowry. When you say a guard combination, Lowry and DeRozan at eighteen and seven. They've done some great things with their team that I really like. I like the way these ball players are playing. Um, what I see the consistency with is uh, a great team concept, but they play a great defending schedule also. I think when you look at their team, they're going to be consistent. They're at the top of the Atlantic Division. I know. I really feel they're going to win their division. Uh, last year, of course, Boston came up very well. I like their team with Isaiah Thomas. Unfortunately, he's been hurt. But they have a young team that plays consistent defensive ball. New York, again, I, uh, it, it's something where the pieces there, the older players, Yakim um, Noah, Derek's been hurt. They sat out mellow last night. Uh, it's just about their chemistry. I'm not, I'm not sure of that team. They're 14-11 in second place in Atlantic. But I think Toronto's going to hold out and be in first place. So they'll get an opportunity to play the uh, – they'll be seated somewhere number two, I believe, in the Eastern Conference Finals because Cleveland's going to uh, – to my estimation. But to look at their record, Cleveland is 18-6 and six, and Toronto is 18-7. and seven. 
Right. So, I mean, just like you said, uh, I think it's going to be very competitive in that division. Very competitive for the Eastern Conference to see if they could give uh, Cleveland a hand. I think they'll be in the finals in the Eastern Conference. Now, um, moving on to another team, the Chicago Bulls, which, you know, they just put a relatively put a team together now with, you know, with Dwayne Wade leaving Miami and the big shocker to the whole system down there in Miami. And he's now playing for Chicago and the chemistry isn't quite manifested itself yet, but they're 13 and 12 and they're not that far behind. Um, of course, one game behind just Charlotte, who is um, third in the Eastern conference right now. Can the bulls get it together and make a real powerful run in the playoffs? That's going to be a tough, tough situation for them. Dwayne is getting older, of course. Uh, Jimmy Butler's proved to be now an outstanding two-way player. But I watched them the other night when they lost, and um, uh, they they need some more pieces for that. Uh, Milwaukee beat them. Now, I got to say something. I, I really don't want you to overlook this because Milwaukee uh, is playing some outstanding. Men. I've never seen a team with the length that they have where Antetemko, uh, you have Jabari Parker, you have guys with the length, Henson, you have ball players that have the length and defense. And when I saw them play, Look for the Greek freak to be one of the most outstanding players, or most improved player in the NBA this year. But I don't want you to overlook Milwaukee. Uh, that's a team that I think is going to do something very big in the playoffs. But uh, Chicago needs some more pieces. Uh, 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 Lopez is not playing bad. Robbins playing not, not bad. But off their bench, I think their bench is not as strong. So they're going to have some difficulty in the playoffs. I really do. I really do believe that. You know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks and the length because that really did, I know for, you know, going to the Western Conference, that's what gave the Golden State Warriors a lot of a lot of trouble was if a team was long, they really couldn't get the ball off and shoot it well, you know, if they played really good defense. And if Milwaukee's able to play good defense, you know, you know as well as I know, if you're able to play good defense in the NBA, you have a shot to go all the way if you play good defense because if the other team can't score and you score, you win the game. I mean, it's, it's simple – uh, arithmetic when it comes to basketball. So I definitely, I definitely um, agree with you on that. Let's switch over to a couple of teams uh, that you did mention, the Houston Rockets. They're on an eight-game winning streak. James Harden is like went completely nuts. And, you know, everybody talked about his lack of defense, but he is more than made it up on the offensive side of the ball, rebounding and um, giving assists and, of course, scoring points. Can the Houston Rockets be a viable threat in the playoffs this year? I, I, I really do believe so. D'Antonio, they said no D, take out the D. The two coaches like that <laughs> running gun shooting uh, hit when he was at Phoenix and also what he tried to do in New York. But his style of play with uh, James Harden having the ball is outstanding. He, uh, Ryan Anderson, they picked up some ball players that could shoot to three. They are the team that takes the most threes and the best shooting percentage of three. And James Harden is seeing the floor. And I, and I say he's improved his defense. His effort is much better. He's seeing the floor. They're playing more team defense, uh, uh, RZA. They got guys that can make that three that's very important. Uh, Patrick Beverly, I really like his game, his tenacity on defense, but he's improved his three-point shooting. So I really see them being a threat at Western Conference Finals. Uh, 
Uh, and and I think they're going to do a pretty good job in that area because they're playing again. They're running. They're running and gunning that style of play. And that's what the NBA looks like to me because when I went to the ABA, that's the style of play. They really adopted the ABA wide open game with the three-pointer. It's more exciting. The more three-point shots, uh, fast breaks, they don't run to the basket. They run to the three-point line. It's an exciting game. It's very entertaining. But one thing they do have to improve on is their defense. And I think they have a chance to be a, be a threat in that Western Conference uh, finals and playoff area when that comes about. So uh, I really see them doing something and look for James Harden to be up for the league MVP. He's playing that type of season. He has that type of season going on so far. All right, I've got another question for you, Wally. You know, being that you're an old-school cat, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, for us resting players during the season, what is your view on resting players during the season that the fans that buy tickets in advance may not be able to see the star player on the team because they're resting healthy players during the year? Okay, I, I'm, I'm sort of siding with Stephen A., uh, I think when an opportunity for a basketball player, like they went to Memphis, uh, people pay tickets and they figure they're going to Memphis once. And I think that he should have sat out at home because a lot of people pay all that money to come see the Cleveland Cavaliers to see LeBron. And he takes off and they come to the game. They're selling season tickets on these stars. Right. Uh, Billy Cunningham and I, we're in Philadelphia. Uh, we were talking about our championship team in 67 and we all played 81 games with one person. That was Hal Greer. Uh, when we played basketball, the importance of getting us on the floor. And I'm going to say this, honestly, a lot of times we were shot up with uh, Novocaine and I always tell Bob Danjic, one of the all time greats and bucks I play with and, the world champion Bucks and Washington Wizards, I told him they shoot horses, don't they? Uh, during our period of time, a lot of athletes that have new hips and new knees and uh, injuries, we were shot up. And we actually played. And we were not forced to, but it was such a small amount of teams in it. We were obligated to play because we knew if we didn't play, our job was in jeopardy. Right. So when you look at what they're doing now, guys have a hangnail. Or guys say, I'm going to rest. Uh, you you go to Alex Hammond and tell you, well, I'm going to rest today. I'm going to give you a statistic. <laughs> Will Chamberlain played almost 48 sub-minutes a game. Now, that's how long the game is. He played more than 48 minutes because a lot of times he never come out of the game. Right. Uh, also, statistically, he never fouled out. But during the days when we played, when there were only 16 or 20 teams in the league, ball players didn't have the luxury of taking the game off. I mean, I have torn muscles in my back. And you know yourself being a football player, the injuries that you have, right. they shoot you in the back and say, well, go out there and play. A lot of times people don't realize, like Earl Monroe, 11 different operations. I could name Johnny Egan new hips. Even Pat Riley has a new hip. I could name hundreds and hundreds of ball players that knee and hip operations because of the constant pounding, the overuse of our bodies. The season is too long, CB. Uh, these back-to-backs, you don't have time right. to recuperate. I love what uh, Sherman said from Seattle. I mean, it's crazy. Poop fest, he called it. Thursday night games. Right. Football players don't have a chance to recover, play Sunday, 
And you got to come back and play Thursday. But look at the basketball player. We looked at our schedule, Billy and I and Chet and Hal Greer, when they honored us in Philly. And we had, we saw the schedule. One time we played four games in five days. Wow. And the, the physical toll that it takes on an athlete, you have to be able to recover. And what's happening in the NBA, they need in the collective bargaining to really, I think they need to cut the schedule. I think 82 games is too many. And I, I can see why LeBron has read. I think he only missed 16 games over these years. He played in the Olympics. I mean, I can understand players taking off and resting, but I like what Stephen A. said. If you were going to a team where uh, another team and you only see them once or twice, you need to go there and let those fans, and I, I'm a fan-orientated person, where it's an opportunity for them to come see. So uh, I, I don't understand it. I do understand why it. I mean, I understand what Popovich did. I'm going to rest my players. Right. The season's too long. I mean, they didn't even come to uh, Miami Heat one year, two years ago. He said everybody went home. Yeah. Um, uh, Tim Duncan, I mean, he sent them home. Yeah, I, you're not going to play. But here they have, again, 15 men squads. We only had 10 men squads during our time. So when you talk about the scheduling, and the toll that it takes on ball players and the collective bargaining, they need to cut the games short, exhibition short. Yeah. The season is too long, 82 games too long. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I had a conversation a couple of days ago, and I was talking about LeBron James. I said, you know, LeBron James has defied all logic by not having a major injury throughout his career. You well, know, yeah. but yeah. I also did say that that doesn't mean he isn't hurt. You know, so, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's, you know, because I remember uh, one year when he was in Miami, he had back issues. And, you know, and you listen to Larry Bird and his um, conversations that he talks about with his back, oh, you know, shoot. and Bill Walton, you know, in his book, um, he talked about, you know, having to have back surgery and how debilitating it was, the pain, you know, from yeah. all the years of, yeah. you know, hitting the floor. You know, that's not padding down there. You know, one thing in football, (laughs) (laughs) one thing in football, like when I go to cut a guy, I was on grass or a nice cushioned turf with pads around me. You know, if you go dive off the ball on the basketball court, that is a hard floor and then with no padding. I mean, some of the players wear pads now, but back when you all played, it was just basically them skinny, them them short shorts and and a little bit of tank top that you had on when you was out there playing. That's right. So and them cloth uh, converses that people left. How'd y'all playing them type of sneakers, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Taylor? They was <laughs> they was close. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. But uh, I, I do have one more remark about that because I play with Oscar and I watch Oscar and Jerry West at the end of their careers. They played a half a season. So Lucius Allen and I, well, Oscar would start off, and then they'd give him that time off. Lucius and Allen became the backcourt of the Milwaukee Bucks with Kareem and Bobby Dandridge, uh, John McLaughlin, those players. But when I saw, when I came in the league, guys that the older players, they actually had that time off. They took they only played about a half a season. They were at the end of their careers, though, CB. So right. I understand that. But some of these guys are young men. I mean, uh, like my man said, uh, Kyrie Irving said, I got tired legs. Man, if we told our coach or anybody on our team, <laughs> man, I got tired legs. I can't play tonight. You got to be crazy. But right. it's a different era, CB. It's a different time, a different generation of how they handle their ball players. And 
uh, I, I'm pop pop of his started. He said, "Look, I ain't playing. I'm gonna rest these guys." And as they get older, he rests them more, more. They want them to be ready for the playoffs and that championship run. So, a very good question about that because nowadays they're gonna make sure their top players are taking some time off the rest. I just think they should go and play where the fans need to see them. I and mean, people pay a good money to be a fan to see some of these visiting ball players and you go there and uh, just think if Michael Jordan didn't show up, he played a lot of games himself, but just think if he went to a game, well, Michael's not going to be here tonight. Uh, right. A lot of people wouldn't go to game. Wouldn't that's go right. To game. That, that's just an example. That's know? right. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up here. Um, Wally, what do you have coming down the pipe for the first of the year? Well, one of the things I'm looking forward to, and again, I mentioned the last show, I'm trying to get interviews with some of the top coaches in the Big Five. These are people that I'm familiar with. Fran Dundee from Temple, um, uh, Martinelli from St. John, of course, a guy that I appreciate and respect so much, uh, Jay Wright from Villanova. So I've been looking forward to trying to catch these guys. Uh, You know, you realize I called the public relations in the Villanova. They said, these guys are on the road, and it would be difficult to get them. So I'm trying to catch up with these guys. So you can really hear from some of the top coaches from where I'm from, Philadelphia. But, of of course, the number one team in the nation, Villanova, UCLA, number two, Kansas, number three, Baylor, number four, Duke, five, Kentucky, six, North Carolina, seven, Gonzaga, number eight, and number nine, Indiana, number 10. I won't go all the way down the list, but I'm giving you the top 10 of the NCAA top 25 ball players. So, uh, I mean, ball teams, basketball teams. So, uh, looking forward to trying to get these guys on so we could talk a little college basketball. Oh, that sounds good. So, Wally, thank you so much for joining us today. And I want our listeners out there to understand one thing. When legends speak, Everybody listens. That's right. That's right, CB. <laughs> a good uh, time with you. And look, uh, we're going to take a little break. So I want to wish everybody happy holidays and uh, bless our troops. Remember that? That's right. We out of here.